Hey everyone, my name is Carly Ann, and I'm a health and wellness enthusiast who dropped out of grad school to travel the world and discover my real passion and desire for helping others. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm kind of just figuring it out as I go. I'm on an ever-evolving journey that is often messy, unsure, and a bit crazy at times, but I am choosing crazy over easy. Throughout each episode, I hope you find yourself inspired and motivated to love the journey you are on while also learning to appreciate when things feel like somewhat of a hot mess. Thanks again for tuning in. I am your host, Carly Ann, and this is the Crazy Over Easy Podcast. Welcome back to the Crazy Over Easy Podcast. As always, I am so thankful and excited to have you guys back. And today is actually not only a topic, but also a guest that I am extremely excited, interested, enthused to have on today because as I have shared with a lot of you on my Instagram platform, this is the journey that I am currently going through. And you can only imagine I have so many questions. So today we are going to be talking about the pelvic floor, myths, intimacy, things that go along with it. So mamas or dads, if you're listening, if you have kiddos in the room, just so you know, we might be bringing up some intimacy information. So just might want to be forewarned on that. But before jumping into today's episode, I would love to introduce Mary Ellen. So if you could introduce yourself and give us a little introduction, that would be wonderful. Yeah. So my name is Mary Ellen Reeder, and I am one of the co-founders of Yarlap, which is a pelvic floor muscle trainer that does everything for you. And my other co-founder is actually my dad. So it's a father-daughter <laughs> company. Um, I love that. I saw that on your exactly. website. I thought that was so awesome talking to women about their pelvic floor issues and treating urinary incontinence, a little bladder leaks is what we do. And just as a heads up that I am not a licensed healthcare professional. So nothing I say can be taken as a diagnosis. So I'm really excited to talk all things pelvic floor and really kind of shatter the taboo of this topic with you. Which I am so appreciative of because I feel like there is a lot of taboo around it. You're so right. I feel like I, I'm a pretty open book. So I think I just chatted about it unknowingly of how many people and I just started talking about it and they're like, wait, is it awkward? What is it like? You know, why are you doing this? And I wish I would have known so much more prior to pregnancy or postpartum because truthfully, I didn't even hear the words pelvic floor. And I'm a personal trainer. I have endometriosis. I've had multiple, you know, abdominal surgeries and I didn't even know about this until after pregnancy. So I am just so thankful that we can maybe educate some women on this, you know, before pregnancy or postpartum, because clearly that's the reason why I am doing this. But would you mind kind of letting some of the listeners know what exactly our pelvic floor is for anybody who might not be familiar with it? Yeah, so pelvic floor muscles are a group of muscles that both men and women have. Um, A lot of people are like, well, is this only something that women do? Because mainly a lot of the information is revolving around women and men have pelvic floor muscles too. So if you kind of think of them like a hammock, they run zigzag around your pelvic floor, um, your pubic bone. And it's kind of like the foundation that holds up your bladder, your uterus, and all those visceral organs into their natural position. And so when you do a Kegel exercise, it's actually those muscles that you are toning and you're exercising when you're engaging those muscles during exercise. Um, And they're really, really important for 
all kinds of things, but especially for bladder control, um, sexual wellness. So your orgasm, when you orgasm, the feeling of contraction that you feel are actually your pelvic floor muscles. And so they're really, really important for health on almost an, an over an overall wellness. Um, their pelvic floor is the foundation for it all and keeping those organs in their natural position because if they shift and they move, you can have things like bladder leaks um, or pain during intercourse. All kinds of different things happen when your pelvic floor either is too tight or it is too weak. So you really want to engage and make sure that those muscles are healthy. So that is... so. I definitely experienced all of this right after I had my little one. So I wasn't doing anything high impact afterwards because like you said, I mean, things are obviously not in place and jumping. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of peeing when I do this. Something is not right. And thankfully I did start to go see a public floor therapist because like you said, I didn't want to necessarily, you know, um, diagnose myself if you will but it was interesting to find out like you said either loose or too tight and I'm what she called hypertonic so she's like basically let's take your arm and bend it halfway that's that's your range of motion so she's like you're not able to fully release and then contract and it was just interesting to even learn about these things right like I think of my muscle, like when I think of my core, I'm like, okay, it's my transverse abdominis. You know, like you don't think about everything else around. And I I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but she said there's like 13 muscles just down there. And then 28 from like your chest down that all are working together that are part of your, part of your pelvic floor. And I was like, I'm sorry, why is this not part of like a more normal conversation? Right? Like this is so crucial. And now I'm sitting here like I can't do a jump squat because I'm going to pee a little bit. And now I'm taking the time to correct things. Oh yeah. No, these muscles are so, they're isolated, right? We don't know that they're really there until something is wrong. And then we're told that, oh, there is this group of of muscles that you didn't know existed until this very moment. And this is why you're having yeah. issues. And, um, a lot of my friends are now starting to have children and at baby showers, for instance, I hear women constantly are like, oh, well, get ready because that need, that need to pee is going to be something that haunts you for the rest of your life. And I, now that I work for your lap, I basically just stand up and I'm like, that's not true. Please don't scare anyone. <laughs> that is a myth that needs to be debunked because something that is normal is or something that's common isn't normal. And it's not something that you have to live with for the rest of your life. It's just that those muscles are weak and you didn't know that they existed or you didn't know how to properly engage and work out those muscles because it's really hard to work out muscles that you don't know exist or don't know where they are or you don't know how to have the proper form of doing them, right? And and you're a trainer, so you really know this. Like To get the full benefit of an exercise, you have to do the correct form. And the correct form of a Kegel exercise or, or pelvic floor relaxation exercise is really hard to do on these muscles so that you hard. can't see. Like you really can't yeah. see them. And so a, a common test is called the Oxford test. And it's actually sticking a finger into your vagina to see if you can clench it. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and I don't really uh, want to do that ever. 
And that's like the tail. That's like the tail. (laughs) You have pelvic floor control and those muscles are so deep inside of you and they're so isolated. We often, um, especially as women, we don't know that they're there or that they're losing tone until it's, we consider it too late. It's never really too late. Um, but usually the common indicator is like, oh, I have to, I'm peeing myself. What, what's going on? And it's, oh, well, the lack of tone, in these muscles. Exactly. Yes. And that was actually, it's so interesting because actually the, so the clinic that I like delivered through and everything, they're trying to make pelvic floor therapy, like kind of a package, uh, like not package, but like part of a birth plan, if you will. Like they yeah. want to try and make it so that you actually have to see a pelvic floor therapist between weeks 30 and 32 of your pregnancy to learn how to, like you said, properly relax these muscles. That was what we did the very first time I went to my pelvic floor therapist. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, I'm just going to have you breathe. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, for three weeks, we're going to focus on breathing. And like you said, she did the finger test. And I was like, this is how we test what's going on. She's like, oh, yeah, I can tell right away. She like, pressed certain muscles and she could tell if they're hypertonic or hypotonic. And she was like, yeah, this is what we're going to do to... And it, it, I can understand why that would be uncomfortable. But in order for me to even get it, like get a referral, I had to tell my OB that I was peeing basically. And that my OB was like, let's just say this, like, let's just say, you know, you're having bladder dysfunction so that we can get the referral for insurance purposes. And I was like, that is wild. Like I can't just go and get this because, you know, I think that it would be so much better, you know, beneficial for my postpartum journey or whatever. And she said, you know, unfortunately it's just like you said, it's just not talked about, right. This just doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's not a part of what we would consider. Oh, I'm going to go train, right. I'm going to go, like strength train when you're so this is the one of the hardest things I've ever had to do I mean some of the core exercises she has me doing are so simple yet beyond challenging and it is it's that mind muscle connection like any other workout any other you know muscle lift whatever it is we always say mind muscle connection right and I'm like but I can't figure out where the hell this muscle is like oh my god I'm sorry I can't feel this what am I supposed to be feeling well, I, so in, in with the Yarlap though, I thought for my entire life that I had been doing these exercises properly. And I was like, guys, I have pelvic floor muscles of steel. I'm not even kidding you. I'm doing a, I'm doing <laughs> one right now and you, you don't even notice. And I realized after having the correct, have them done correctly that I had been doing it wrong basically my entire life. Um, I had not been oh, yeah. the, the, the most probably cause like you're saying, they're so hard to do and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to focus on my breathing. A lot of people, they tend to use like their butt or their abs or, um, their inner thighs and using those muscles and engaging those more heavily. And then your pelvic floor kind of gets like a side benefit cause they're slightly engaged, mm-hmm. but they're not like the focal of that engaged workout. And so people are like, well, I've done kegels yeah. and they just don't work. And, or like I've done pelvic floor relaxation um, exercises and they just don't work. Well, a big issue of that is that, that that mind and muscle connection is missing because we don't know where those muscles are. We've never used them before. And it's really hard to go, okay, yeah. I engage something that you didn't know existed until just this moment. So we're going to kind of figure it out, trial mm-hmm. and error. Um, and, and so we, we often believe like, well, those just don't work. Well, they do, but we don't know how to do it properly. Let's learn together. 
Yeah, no, it's so true. Even, I mean, that was one thing. If you're doing it wrong, you're probably just hindering the issue, right? You're just creating even more of a problem. But again, I don't think any of us really know how or what we are attempting to even do because it is uncomfortable, right? It's not a, first of all, it's not a thing that you talk about. It's not something you just like open up to a personal trainer or even your doctor about, right? Like I, I didn't even talk about this with my, my OB and I delivered a baby and then discuss this with a therapist. So I was like, okay, something like we need to figure this out because I want to have some core strength again. And I know that there's more to it. And it was so crazy to finally learn about pelvic floor therapy, but to then learn, like you said, you can be doing a Kegel, you can be doing a Kegel wrong. And I feel like everybody talks about, I mean, not everybody, but growing up, you like hear about Kegels and then to find out, Oh, wait, I've been doing this wrong forever. Like what? So I just, it's mind blowing. It's like such a I mean, it's just so different. And like you said, it's just taboo. And so it's not really talked about. Um, So how would like, how would somebody know maybe if they did have some sort of pelvic floor dysfunction? There's a lot. I feel like as an outsider looking in, it's basically like what factors don't you have? (laughs) Like what symptoms don't you have? (laughs) Yeah. Because the list is so long. So true. Related to your, your weight, um, your age sometimes. Uh, like menopause, for instance, is a big factor for it because those hormone levels are changing. Childbirth, pregnancy mm-hmm. are are yeah. really they. It's a lot of pressure, and it's a long time of, of laying <laughs> yes. pressure on your pelvic floor muscles. And then childbirth, like I mean, you use your pelvic floor muscles, and they're constantly telling you to relax. But how are you? How are you supposed to relax when there's like shearing pain? <laughs> I, and so it's exactly yes muscle memory and it's all kinds of things repetitive motion is a big one so a lot of athletes have some kind of pelvic floor weakening because they're constantly putting that if you're thinking about running right and you're constantly taking those steps and everything's jiggling when you're running up and down or jumping up and down or you're doing dancing basketball whatever you have you're doing repetitive motion constantly and that is and could be um weakening the pelvic floor if you're not doing this the strength or relaxation exercises to counterbalance that and so then when you have a super um like a hypertoned pelvic floor muscle, uh, an indicator could be painful sex. And that a lot of people are like, Mm -hmm. well, believe that a Kegel exercise is a one size fits all. And that's not true. Um, You don't want to do that. When you have a tightened pelvic floor, you want to actually relax those muscles and make sure that you're not overworking or tightening those muscles even more. Well, and that's what I thought was so interesting was I always figure if you have a, um, if you have a, a weak muscle or if you have an inconsistency, you try and strengthen it, right? Like you try and work on it. And then when I went to the pelvic floor therapist, she's like, oh no, she's like, we need to have you relax. Like we need to have you, like I, I am hypertonic. So she was like, we need to have you be able to relax and actually release those pelvic floor muscles to their full length. But I just, and again, it, it goes back to normal quote unquote, normal training, working out, but it, like it, you can't just do these Kegels. Cause a lot of times, like you said, it is just having to relax them. And I I'm happy you brought up that the factor of painful sex, because that actually has been brought up to me by um, numerous people actually in terms of uh, 
just where they're at in their journey or whatever and asking about the pelvic floor therapy. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know a lot of this, but I do know that that is something that I would never even assume, right? If I was to have painful sex, I don't think that I would think that it was a pelvic floor issue. You know, I, I just wouldn't go there. I wouldn't even think that would be the thing, but it's just wild that again, it's just something that we don't talk about. And, you know, it is wonderful. I'm glad that I'm being open about it. I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation because again, I don't think anybody should be like all of a sudden diagnosing themselves, right? Like, oh my gosh, I have that, or I have this, but I don't think it's something that should be so taboo. I think it should be talked about more. And I think that it's something that men and women, whether it is, you know, your, your intimacy life, whether it is postpartum, and that's the journey that I am on. And it's almost frustrating that I didn't know about, didn't know about this before pregnancy because, I could have helped myself. I could have, you know, probably reduced some of these struggles that I'm having postpartum and having to kind of slow up my training, if that makes sense. Because once you know that you're doing something incorrectly or wrong or without proper form, you take a step back, right? You take a step back to kind of figure it out and relearn. And for me, that's taking a step back to a place where I don't know how to engage those muscles properly. So now to do a jump squat or to even do a deadlift without high impact, it it really does all stem from just not just being able to strengthen that core and hold in the quote unquote six pack. There's so many other things that go along with it. And now it, you know, me focusing on my breathing, whatever, I'll do certain exercises and I'm exhausted well before I would have been before because now I'm having to think about so many other muscles to properly engage before proceeding. So it's just, I don't know, a whole different side of a health aspect, I guess. Um, but yeah, for, so for women listening, they might be like, Oh my gosh, this is perfect. I didn't know about this, whatever. Where, where do you recommend women start to like even begin to try and strengthen or work on their pelvic floor? My, my suggestion would be my suggestion will always be like, go and talk to your doctor just because yeah, I think for sure. we have to break that stigma of, and I know probably a ton of women are like, well, I'm, I'm never going to do that. Or they were yeah. like, well, I've tried and I don't like the answer. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think that a lot of women, they bottle it up and they're like, well, this is just like part of being a woman. Um, it's going to be painful or it's going to be embarrassing. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And mm-hmm. I think that when it comes to the vagina or the vulva or anything that is remotely sexual um, in nature, we're kind of taught as women to just not talk about it, shut it down and deal with it and deal with it by yourself. And that's not true. Don't do that. Don't ever, ever think that you're by yourself, especially when it comes to pelvic floor issues. Um, a statistic that blew my mind is that one in three women in the United States will have some form of urinary incontinence, bladder leaks. One in three, regardless of age. One in three. One in three. Oh my gosh. That, you know what though? Now that I have had a kiddo. Yeah. And now that I've had a kiddo, I, and I'm 31. I can, I can definitely stand behind that one in three. I mean, I know, but I'll be honest before having a baby, I thought it was like you said, more menopause, right? More hormone um, imbalance. But I also think that's another thing is that even now, you know, in your twenties and thirties, I, like I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I was 19. So I've always had some form of a hormonal imbalance due to that. So I think sometimes we also underestimate just where we're at in our current life, right? We don't have to be going through menopause to have that hormonal imbalance to maybe cause some weakenings or to cause some 
issues or whatever it may be. But I do think like, you know, it's not only breaking the stigma of pelvic floor. I think it is women speaking up and, you know, maybe talking to your partner or talking to your doctor that if like, if something is uncomfortable, right. If it is painful intercourse, if it is, you know, whatever it may be for that individual person, but it is, I feel like even for myself to talk about it on here, it's like, gosh, why is there that discomfort, right? Why is this something that we can't just openly go to a doctor and ask about? Because I think had I not just delivered a baby, it would have been a little bit uncomfortable to just lay down on this, you know, bed, if you will, at a, at a physical therapy office and be like, all right, we're going to get into a gown and do a public exam. Maybe if I'm at my OB, but to be at a physical therapy, I was like, wait, what? Like, that's what we do. But it's just because of that stigma, right? It's just because of the unknown. It's because of something that I'm not familiar with and had really never heard about it. I, I genuinely had no idea, which hello, I'm going to go try and figure out what's going on with my pelvic floor. Why wouldn't I know that it would be an internal exam? But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know that that was what was going to be looked at on, you know, minute one. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I think that it, anything that's incredibly deeply personal, there's going to be always that kind of discomfort of, well, I'm going to, this is going to be too much information or this is probably something that you've never heard of before, or I'm weird. I know, but like, hear me out, especially when it comes to anything down below the belt. But for me, mm-hmm. I'm ready to like shout it off the rooftop and be like, everybody's vagina should be in tip top shape. Your pelvic floor <laughs> should be like in the made of steel. Um, it should be extremely comfortable. If you're not comfortable talking about it, talk to your doctor, talk to your partner, talk to your friend, um, talk to your barista about it. I don't know. Um, but I know everyone's <laughs> not like me. <laughs> and so normalize um, it in any way you can. <laughs> normally, I mean, you know, tweet about it. Put it on your Facebook status. Make it an Instagram story. Um, Because I don't think that there should be any shame in talking about uh, your body and your health and what makes you feel good and confident. But I think that, you know, if anybody is listening to this and they're like, I don't even know where to start. um, My suggestion would be talk to your girlfriends, talk to your partner, talk to your doctor about it. Um, Those trifecta. Because I can guarantee you that one of your girlfriends or one of your friends will know somebody or personally know. And they're also thinking to themselves that they're in this by themselves. And that's not true. There is comfort in numbers. And I think that like, if you know somebody close to you is going through this, you have a better um, chance of going to your doctor and saying, Hey, listen, I don't think this is normal. Hear me out. And then talk about your pelvic floor health, your pelvic floor wellness, where you need to start are kegels a good idea? Is pelvic floor relaxation more up your alley? Um, and really open up that conversation because there really should never be any shame when it comes to the pelvic floor ever. And I'm sure so many women also, like you said, they might think something's wrong with them or they might think they're not normal because it's not talked about, right? Like we don't, I'm talking about pelvic floor therapy because of I'm because I'm postpartum, not because of an intimacy issue or a sex issue or an orgasm issue, but that's probably more up most people's alley, right? Like it could be that uncomfortable sex that could be the inability to have an orgasm, those types of things, but Mm -hmm. it's not talked about, right? Like you're not going to just share with somebody like, Oh, I I don't, I don't have an orgasm or I don't enjoy sex. Like you don't share those things. I can put the tag or the excuse, if you will, of, Oh, I'm postpartum. So I'm struggling with peeing or whatever it is, or just feeling like things are not strong down there. So I guess if you could kind of enlighten us a little bit more from the pelvic floor in terms of intimacy, 
I would enjoy that. I would like oh, to yeah. know about <laughs> that. Back onto my soapbox. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to intimacy, health, and your pelvic floor, um, I'm sure that you've read everywhere, right? Like in all kinds of places, like Cosmo, for instance, that they say do these exercises to be better in bed, and Kegel mm-hmm. is always like number one or two. Right. It's like, yep. shiny oh, yeah, tomorrow. it talks um, about uh, picking up and letting down the blueberry. That's what I've always heard. Yeah. And you're like, wait, okay, what is that? How does what? I don't understand. Yeah. And um, those exercises are actually engaging your pelvic floor, less so your vagina directly. And the there has been research that, you know, the stronger your pelvic floor muscles are could lead to a stronger response into an orgasm. So like a stronger orgasm. And that's because when you do have an orgasm and you feel that clenching, it's almost like a pulse mm-hmm. um, and like a suction. When you do finish, that's actually your pelvic floor muscles. Those are your pelvic floor muscles being engaged. And so a lot of, um, there are, you know, two camps of this, but one of them actually states that having an orgasm for a woman is actually a maintenance switch. And it's to make sure that your pelvic floor muscles are toned because when you do have a strong orgasm and you do feel that really tight, super strong clenching, you're ensuring that your pelvic floor muscles are getting engaged and they're working out and you're sucking up sperm. You you cut, Uh, cut for a second. Sorry, you cut out for a second. Oh, sorry. Where should I start again? You cut out for a quick second. You you said that when the pelvic floor muscles do tighten up and then... The next thing I heard was sperm <laughs> so somewhere in between so, there. So you, when your pelvic floor muscles do engage and they start to tighten and then you feel this pulsating, that's your pelvic floor muscles engaging. And so a lot of people, again, they think when you are having an orgasm, it's actually a maintenance switch for the female body to say, hey, you're doing these exercises. You're doing it properly. Your pelvic floor muscles in shape. Good way to go, girlfriend. You're uh you're doing well. And so there is this like big thing with, you know, sex therapists and, um, sexologists that are like, make sure that your pelvic floor muscles are properly engaged. They are doing it because you can do so many things with them. If you do have a strong pelvic floor muscle, um, if you're able to relax, better sex, it's not, it doesn't hurt. Um, if you're able to, you know, do and engage those muscles properly, you can do something called pump wire, which is a, almost a massage on the penis. And it also is beneficial to you because it's this, um, grip release, grip release on your partner, as well as your own ability to kind of engage the pelvic floor muscle and your clitoris runs right along that pelvic floor muscle. And so your clitoris is actually quite large. A lot of people think that it's just a little guy in the canoe. It's not. It's basically an iceberg. <laughs> and you only see like 20% of it. The 80% is like actually running all the way around um, your pelvic floor muscles, down sometimes around your anus, and maybe inside of like the inner part of your thighs. Uh, everybody's clitoris is different. But yeah, it's kind of like an iceberg. You only see 20%, but it's actually quite large. And so you want to make sure that you stimulate the clitoris and engage in the pelvic floor often does that because again, your clitoris and your pelvic floor right along you, along each other. And so when you do have like this amazing orgasm, you tend to have a stronger pelvic floor. And so 
when you do start to have sex and do all these different things, Kegel exercises are often the number one or at the top because it's integral to all things, even sex related um, and pleasure related, orgasm better, all the all different types of things with this one muscle group. Um, and this, yeah, what we're talking about this is one muscle group that we never talk about, um, and we don't really right? know what ever, and we can't really find it. And women don't have the luxury of um, being able to to see it move. Uh, for men, sometimes when they engage it, their penis goes up and down. And so they can say, oh, okay, like I, I, my penis is going up and down. Cool. I'm, I'm engaging the right <laughs> muscles. Well, we don't have that luxury. And no. so it's deeply inside of us. It's very hard to engage by themselves. And so oftentimes having an orgasm is an indicator as well. Okay. So it's wild because, so obviously postpartum, it everything is just a whole different story, but it, I mean, I can only imagine a lot of women, I mean, I'm in that position, but that could, I know I've talked to so many friends who have said postpartum intimacy is not as enjoyable because they can't orgasm and it almost freaks them out. Cause they're like, Oh my gosh, I was totally fine before. Like, why can't I now? But that would make sense because it would go back to the fact that literally we have yep. just released all of our, <laughs> all of our pelvic floor muscles. So that's something that, you know, I'm trying to obviously make that. Yeah. When you have a child, things shift, right? Like we all know that, mm-hmm. but, um, when you want to engage <laughs> and you, I keep saying engage because it's a, it's the best word I can think of, but your pelvic floor muscles need to make sure that they are able to support everything shifting back into its natural position. Um, and mm-hmm. childbirth and pregnancy cause a lot of strain. And so if you think about it, okay, you have roughly nine months, of this strain on your pelvic floor. And if you're not doing the exercise during it um, or even afterwards, yeah, that, that tone, that muscle tone can get weaker and those muscle, the signal from your mind to your muscle can get jumbled or not even received sometimes just because nine months is a pretty long time and of not, not doing an exercise. Um, and your pelvic floor muscles, they are muscles. You have to keep them in tone. Otherwise, that they will lose that. And so you just want to make sure that when you do have a child and you're doing that postpartum care, that your pelvic floor muscle is getting the care that it needs. Um, whether or not it is the clenching from Kegel exercises or it's the relaxation from pelvic floor relaxation exercises. Because remember, Kegels are not a one-size-fits-all exercise. Yeah. It's not a blanket um, thing. And if you have certain things, like it might actually hurt you more than it helps you. So, I mean, I feel like I'm like daunted in a little, in a way, but is there good news in the sense that like you can re-strengthen these, right? Like it's similar to any oh, other yeah. muscle that Absolutely. you can totally. Okay. So it's the, I yeah, mean, no, it's not like, a, it's not like a deep, <laughs> deep, like <laughs> pit of despair. And you're like, Oh, you're well, screwed. Yeah. I'm like, I sign off and like, it's the end of the podcast with me bringing all this terrible news. Um, I know. No, it's, it's totally fine. Your pelvic floor muscles um, just need some tender love and care. And you need a good starting, starting spot of like where to start. And for a lot of women, that's, that's the obstacle. That's the big main obstacle is like, there's so much. What if, um, I don't even know where to start. Where do I go? 
all these other things that's, that's blocking you from getting to your goal. And so if, you know, you're afraid that you're too old or, um, this isn't an issue for you. It'll never be an issue for you, or it's just too far gone. Don't think that it's, it's a muscle. It needs to be reeducated. You're never too old. Um, you're fine. You just need to get the proper love and care um, and have everything done properly. Because if you're doing an exercise and you've got the wrong form, you're probably not getting the best benefits. So don't be afraid. Um, don't feel isolated. Don't feel like it's the end of the world. Um, just know that there are plenty of tools out there for you. If you talk to people about it, um, somebody will show you where to start and your best bet is your doctor usually. For sure. And we'll give you a good starting spot and say, you know, oh yeah, Kegel exercise is the route you need to go down. And then you can look up um, how to do Kegel, Kegel trainers, all these other different things. Or they can say, mm, I don't think that's right for you. You might want to be doing pelvic floor rela- relaxation. And you're like, okay, well, that's that's good too. And you learn how to do those techniques and trainers for those as well. Um but I love that you brought muscles. up both sides of it because, yeah. yeah, and I and that's the thing too is I lo- obviously for anybody listening, go see your doctor and and it, if it starts with you first talking to a friend, making sure you know, hey, I think maybe I'm experience, experiencing some of this, or like we said, you just want to feel normal, right? Like I think a lot of us are just so. Right. If and if if we're in a society, if you think anything is wrong with you, right, you think that you're, you're the abnormal one. Right. But I think these are just things that people don't mm-hmm. talk about. They don't discuss. So obviously both you and I would agree, go talk to your doctor before anything, but I'm also very interested. And anybody listening, you guys, this is not sponsored. Mary Ellen and I wanted to just discuss this topic, <laughs> but I do. I'm like, I literally was emailing her. I was like, we need to be able to like really give out information, but I do. I'm, I'm very, what is your lap? If you don't mind just like <laughs> explaining it. Cause I'm like, okay, maybe I need to go purchase this because I mean, and thankfully like, I am working with my doctor. I'm working with the pelvic floor therapist. Cause like I said, I have kind of both issues where I need to learn to relax because even postpartum I'm hypertonic, but I still am dealing with that postpartum struggle of losing a lot of that muscle tone and that control. And for me, it's not even the strength that's having the control, right? Like that's mm-hmm. where I want to regain this strength, but ideally for the control aspect of it. So, um, I would love to know more about, more about your lab, <laughs> the, the product you and your dad have, you know, I'm like this, that part fascinates me. I'm just like, Oh, I don't think I could ever have these conversations with my dad, but that's okay. okay. Well, my dad is a medical device engineer. So literally my entire childhood, we were taught parts or parts and you have to call them by their correct name. And, that's just the way it is. And so I love a, lot that. Like, a lot of people are like, wait, you talked to your dad about all of this? <laughs> really uncomfortable. I'm like, no, because part is a part. And we're just talking about something that is a little bit embarrassing, but needs a lot of care. For and sure. You're just a group of muscles. That's all it is. It's a part. And we're here to help you if you do need help with regaining control or anything like that. So the Yarlap is an FDA cleared medical device for over-the-counter use. And that's a mouthful, I know. But <laughs> basically what it is, is we're a bona fide medical device. Um, so we work with physical therapists, urologists, OBs, the whole nine yards, um, sex therapists to help with tone of the pelvic floor muscle. So we have programs that teach you to do things like Kegel exercises 
And we also have exercise programs that teach you to relax the pelvic floor. So we have both of those um, capabilities and everything is done for you. So there's no guesswork. There's no you trying to do the exercise along with it. The RLAP literally sends a signal to your muscle to do everything for you. So you just sit there. All you do is sit there and watch TV or read a book. Um, That's amazing. Within like, you know, 20 to 35 minutes, the RLAP trains your pelvic floor muscles over a period of time to really re-educate them. So you can do them on your own if you wish, or if you just want to continue using the RLAP, um, really get that tone back um, and takes all that guesswork out. Because like we were talking about, it's so hard to figure out correctly. And you have to do it so often too. You have to do thousands of them to get the benefits. And so the RLAP really takes all of that guesswork right out of the equation. So you get what you want, um, without really any of the hassle. I want that. (laughs) I'm like, I'm sitting here with pages of, uh, you know, exercises, which are all super beneficial. And I'm enjoying learning, especially for my own, you know, being a physical or a personal trainer, I think it's important to know these things and I can easily help a client, whether it is Obviously, I wouldn't diagnose them or anything, but if this was something, I would have this in my back pocket. So it's nice to kind of be learning of these activities, but you're, it is so time consuming because I also didn't realize, like you said, you have to do thousands of the, like anything, thousands of reps, right? But Mm -hmm. we're kind of a lazy society. (laughs) So like, (laughs) wait, you're telling me I have to go work out for 30 to 45 minutes and then I have to do another 20 to 30 minutes of this while I watch TV. Like for me, like I'm sitting on the floor trying to do these things and I'm frustrated because again, that mind muscle connection for one, regardless if I was postpartum, but in addition to being postpartum, like everything's already foreign. And now, cause I'm only 14 weeks postpartum. So it's still new. And it's like, Oh wait, everything feels weird down there. And now I'm trying to relearn this thing that I never learned properly in the first place. And I just, I guess, yeah, cause I'm fascinated by all of this and it is frustrating since all of this is taboo. I mean, I probably, and I'm, like I said, a very open person, but I wouldn't Google or know what to Google when it comes to looking for Kegel devices or public floor, you know, contraptions. One of my girlfriends, she is actually seeing a public floor therapist. And the first thing they did recommend was two different devices, if you will. And it was so awesome. She like sent me a message and she texted me and she's like, I feel like this could be really fun. And I was like, they look really, they like look really fun. Right. She's like, I don't know if I need to involve my husband. And I was like, I mean, could be interesting, <laughs> but you know, she's like, I love that this was something that her pelt, that her, um, physical therapist just so openly was like, okay, here you go. Like, this is what I want you to do at home. And I wouldn't even think to use like a device, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't even know where to begin. And I love that. This is something that is real. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we are, and we um, are really proud about what we do. And like you were saying, it's just, everything feels different. And we are kind of like as a society, if we are, or we think that we are alone, we think something is wrong with us. We tend to isolate ourselves and just keep quiet because you don't mean me made fun of, or um, we're afraid that people will think that we're weird or something is deeply wrong with us. But like I said, one in three women, I can guarantee you that you are not the only one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can confess, guys. I mean, you guys all know. 
Yes. I mean, I kid you not. When I first did a very first jump squat, I was like, oh wait, that's not going to work out. That's definitely not going to work out. I'm going to have to like completely empty my bladder before I work out at all. But thankfully things are getting better. But I think that's something that at 31 years old, you know, you don't talk about and you don't, obviously you're not going to hear it anywhere on social media because people are just kind of mean these days and just super judgy. But I'm like, this is normal. This, we need to, we need to talk about this stuff more. So that's why I was so excited when you did reach out. But, um, obviously I feel like I could go on forever just cause I have my own questions, but if you have any additional information that you want to say, or let us know, I would love to hear from you and your openness of all of this. Yeah. So I basically eat, sleep and breathe all things pelvic floor. So, um, I'm a big advocate of making sure your pelvic floor muscles are in their best shape. And so if you have any questions or anything like that and you want to shoot them over, you can come to us on Instagram if you would like. Uh, We're at yarlap underscore OTC. Um, Or you can visit our website at www.yarlap.com and shoot us over an email. um, And we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can, usually within 24 hours. Um, I pride myself within getting, if I get like an email, I'm like, I have to get an answer back within like an hour. Like I have to respond to the person in an hour. Um, but if you have any questions or anything like that, and you want to talk to somebody about your pelvic floor, just give us a shot. And I will also include, I'll include all of that in the show notes too. For anybody listening, I'll put all of, um, your guys' information. And if somebody was interested in the RLAP, would they just purchase online? Like what, or is it like, where do you get that? Maybe yeah, I'm asking for myself. <laughs> you can get a Yarlap um, directly to your door at yarlap.com and you can purchase it right there or you can go on Amazon and get it as well. And um, we're top notch and really proud. Of, like I said, there's no guesswork in the Yarlap and we're really proud about what we do. And so if you would like that, you're more than welcome to do that as well. And there's always a coupon code going on. And if you need a coupon code, just let us know. Awesome. Thank you so much. And honestly, I, for anybody listening, you guys just know, obviously this was a lighthearted chat, but we understand if you are feeling alone in this or if you're feeling confused or whatever, reach out. It is so normal. Obviously I don't have those answers, but that is why I was so happy to have Mary Ellen on to discuss this and reach out. Use her as a resource because I think it is like she was saying, so taboo. And I think as women, we already feel alone and confused and hot mess express as you all know. So (laughs) I think that we need to kind of come together and know that it's okay to chat about these things and open up about these topics because they are uncomfortable, but we can kind of break down those walls. And you guys know, I love kind of breaking down walls uh, in any way that we can to kind of create that community. So Mary Ellen, thank you so much for being on today. And I just truly cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much for allowing me to talk about the pelvic floor and basically go on a long rant about why they're so important. (laughs) I love it. That is exactly up my alley. So I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much and make it a great day. And I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Your continued support means more than you know. If you enjoyed today's podcast, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast, as well as screenshot this episode and share it on your social media. I would like to thank each and every one of you, as well as my editor and producer, Michael, for making this podcast possible. I appreciate each of you so much. 
And if you'd like to know more about me or follow me on other social medias, you can find me on all platforms at Carly Ann Dell. Thank you again, and I'll catch you in the next episode.